Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hello, hello, everybody. I am Leif, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And I have this great honor of having my dear friend, Dr. Mike Hutchins. And he's been uh, for 35 years involved in church planting, pastoral ministry, and pastoring pastors, leading leaders. Uh, And uh, I've had the honor at least for the last 10 years of connecting. He's become a very dear brother, a friend. We have this beautiful covenantal relationship. He's currently also the director of education for Global Awakening, an evangelistic ministry mechanicsburg. And he directs Dr. Randy Clark's Global School of Supernatural Ministry and also Global Certificate Programs. And and you're going to learn a little bit more as we talk, but he's been married to Roxanne, and that's the important thing. I think it's for over 35 years you've been married. Three children and five grandchildren, unless there's been any quick updates since last time. That's (laughs) That's very good. Yeah, so wow, we were able to get through this bio. But first, I want everybody that are listening, uh, uh, Dr. Mike, as I'm saying, he's, he's a very dear friend. And there's been several times where I've been in the Middle East or Congo or Sudan, I've been to places and I realized there was things that was going on. And I found out later on that uh, Dr. Mike Hutchin has specialized in PTSD and he actually had finished a doctorate program. I had the honor of endorsing his book. So first he has ministered to me on several occasions. And part of the reason I wanted him to be the person, I call him an expert in this area where he can help us to help people. And I was just sharing with him a story and I'm going to throw the ball over to him and not to talk so much. But the story was just recently, actually two years ago first, I was heading to Texas and I didn't realize I couldn't sleep that night. I had a tightness in the chest, was wondering almost if I'm going to get a heart attack. And, and I remember the same memory I had when I was treated for PTSD after some of the killings and trauma I had seen in the Middle East and how that was affecting me for several years. And I realized, why am I feeling this now? And I realized it was 20 years ago that I was brutalized, kind of a kicked up. I call it crucified by Christians. And anyway, so I just, and, uh, and I contacted Dr. Mike who prayed for me and over me and was able to go in there and, and, and minister wholeness to me. And then I shared just in a church a few weeks ago in Louisiana, and 70% of the people stood up to their feet, not just being hurt by church. We have all been hurt by family, but people that have trauma in their system. And I realized in this season that God wants his family whole, and he wants his sons and daughters whole. And that's what I appreciate about you, Dr. Mike, the way that you are ministering and bringing wholeness to the body of Christ so that we can actually start to bring, because whole people brings wholeness to people. So thank you so much for being here, Dr. Mike. It's my privilege, my dear friend. I love you. I'm so proud of all that God is doing through you. I'm, I'm proud to be part uh, and, and to partner with you in that. And this subject is uh, obviously because of what I do with the God Heals PTSD Foundation and the training, training how to bring healing to unresolved trauma and uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. This subject is something has been, I've been in the discovery uh, of it in that I've learned that as we talk about trauma, you know, you can think of all the things that people get traumatized by, but I can remember years ago when Randy first allowed me, uh, Randy Clark gave me an opportunity to share about what God was doing with PTSD and I would share some of the symptoms 
and people would then come down to receive prayer. And I would say, like, there were many meetings that over 50% of the people that came down for prayer were people who had been traumatized by the church. They wow. were either pastors who had been, you know, sheep bit and had been kicked out and much, much like your experience of, of what that felt like, or they were parishioners, uh, church members who had been under controlling, insecure, or abusive uh, leaders. And so it's on both sides. It's not just on one side or the other, it's both sides. Yeah, but well, it became to be known as post-traumatic church syndrome or disorder, PTSD. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so my question, because how do you first of all know that, uh, because we've all been hurt by church and hurt by family, and the same also in marriage or any area where you have family, or especially when most churches are up, like orphanages, orphans hurt one another, and they can hurt the pastor or leaders. But what's the difference of just, okay, we, we've been hurt, or when there's actually trauma or certain things being affected, how, how will you diagnose the difference? Because everybody, if you say, anybody been hurt in church? You have 100% of people that wants prayer. What's the difference between somebody that needs that has well, trauma? The question is, as, as I start every trauma saying everybody has trauma, the question is, does it still haunt you today? Yeah. So for instance, what I've learned about many of the symptoms of those who've been traumatized by church that still affect them is number one, do you have sleepless nights over it? Hmm. Do you have nightmares about it? Are there, are there ways that, and like, do you get into situations where you're actually triggered? where you go back to that place where you were abused by the church, kicked out by the church, something like that, much like your experience that you had in Texas a couple of years ago, where there was a trigger that happened that actually you almost, you were having a panic attack. You were having some kind of an anxiety attack. Uh, and if those come out of nowhere, that means that there's some kind of trauma there. Number two, whenever you think of church, whenever you think of pastors or being in church, does it create you to have a panic attack? Or is it something that you stay away from church completely? That is, you've isolated yourself from being part of any church whatsoever because of all the pain that is still there from that. Number three, have you grown distrustful of everybody in the body of Christ? Do you have a tendency to isolate yourself? You don't trust anybody. I used to, used to say as a joke all the time, I, I wouldn't tell people that I was a pastor uh, in yeah. conversations because... When, when I finally had to tell them I was a pastor, they would duck their heads thinking I was going to, I was going to hit them or something, you know, because people have been so wounded by spiritual leaders. Uh, number four, if uh, you have difficulty having relationships, uh, if you've just kind of cut off the relationships that you have with the church or with other Christians, and you find yourself, once again, isolation is a real key to people who have been traumatized, particularly by the church. But ultimately, it has to do with, does it affect the way you think, the way you feel? Does it affect uh, your identity in terms of what you think about yourself? Are you covered with shame, guilt, or condemnation? Those are all the, the key symptoms, and there are many more, but those are the key symptoms. But Leif, let me tell you, I've met people who have been traumatized by the church that ha have suicidal thoughts. Hmm. They, 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 they want to kill themselves. They, that is a that's obviously a very significant symptom of people who've been traumatized by the church. Yeah, I just ministered last week in a place and actually both the daughters of the people that I've stayed with had been sexually abused at young age and for years kept it a secret until one ended up with drug addiction and the parents is wondering what's going on and 
eventually realizing that anything that had to run with church, that the pain that the sexual abuse for this little girl experienced by leaders that the family trusted and invited into the home and a build relationship and told the girls to trust to go with. And they continue for years to be sexually abused and now been struggling with suicidal thoughts. And so there's so many of those things that is going on out there that we're not even aware of that we try to treat the symptoms sexual addiction, drug addiction, or all these addictions. Are. So how do you see the correlation to some of the trauma and hurt, both with PTSD, but also perhaps also with the church? So the Journal of American Medical Association brought a study a few years ago that provided a definitive medical link between early childhood abuse or any kind of abuse or trauma and the onset of addictions. Mm. The reality is, and you and I both know this, that one of the primary reasons many people get addicted is because they're trying to self-medicate themselves. So they self-medicate themselves through drugs, whether prescription or illegal. They self-medicate themselves through alcohol. They self-medicate themselves through pornography, through gambling, through workaholism, through whatever. They're trying to find ways to deal with their pain. So whenever you find addiction, and, and I'm thankful, I'm really thankful that since this study came out, that many people are changing their approach to how do you treat addictions, as opposed to uh, behavior management. Now they're moving towards what they call a trauma-informed treatment, where they try to get at the root of whatever caused the trauma in the first place and try to bring relief and healing from that. But uh, the, the reason why there's so much addiction in our country is because there's so much trauma. Mm. I just remember years ago, and you know my testimony, my story, that I ended up in a treatment center 16 years ago, and it was opiates, pain medication, but I remember over 90% of the people in the treatment center that had been primary sexual abuse in their childhood, and that's the reason now 20, 30, 40 years later, they're in a treatment center, and that's just the one that made it to a treatment center, a lot of the other people were not around, so... So I see, but can you give me a little bit of the journey with, how, how did you bump into the PTSD? I remember the testimony to one person, especially in one of the healing schools. And, and I don't know if that was kind of your starting point. To start at, it was an assignment from Randy Clark. A guy came up, he was a military veteran. He, he had PTSD symptoms of, he was suicidal. He had chronic nerve pain. He had night sweats. He had night terrors. He couldn't sleep more than two, three hours a night. And he just asked for help. And so... I went to Randy, said, Randy, this guy wants you to pray for him. And Randy says, no, I want you to pray for him. In life, I had no clue what to do. But John Wimber taught us to always pray, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do here? Yeah. And so when I, the guy came in, I, I asked that question. I began to get a download from the Holy Spirit, just some steps to follow. And the guy got set free of all of his chronic nerve pain. He went home that night and slept five, eight hours for the first time in over five years. Wow. No night sweats, no night tears, no more suicidal. And then it began this journey of, of learning, first of all, all about how many people carry trauma. I started with military vets and then and active duty soldiers and then first responders, police officers, firefighters, emergency medical technicians. And then as we would give testimonies in uh, the healing school meetings, Randy would say, okay, anybody who has trauma or PTSD, come down and Michael pray for you. Yeah. Of course, I'd end up with a line of 50 people. But this is where I discovered post-traumatic church syndrome. Because yeah. as I said, leaders and people who had been in church, they were coming saying, I have all those symptoms that you listed of post-traumatic stress disorder, except my trauma was caused by the church. Wow. So, since then, I've trained over 10,000 people in a healing prayer model 
that brings healing to trauma, to any kind of unresolved trauma. And we have over 12,000 verified testimonies of people who've been healed of all the symptoms of trauma. Uh, it's just incredible. So I, the Lord gave me, when I started the seminar, um, like, the Lord gave me a, a word. He said, I want to raise up an army of heart healers and chain breakers. Wow. That will bring out of Isaiah 61, mm -hmm. that will restore broken hearts, set captives free, and declare for prisoners they're out of their prison jail cell and give them a new identity as oaks of righteousness so that's how that journey happened now we're on we're close to seven years now we've been on this journey that's amazing because i watched since that first time and i watched as i'm saying it's been very helpful for me but also even now for myself i've started to minister in the same thing with a lot of people actually last week i stayed with a colonel who had a baptism of love at the voice of the apostle in nashville in 2015 PTSD. He had been in a, a, three major wars, but he has been healed, totally restored. Marriage was restored. Family has been restored. So I stayed in his home in Illinois, and he was sharing the testimony. And, but I guess story after story, even just ministering the baptism of love to people, what love is actually coming into some of the, the area of trauma in people's life. And the father's going in and starts to bring wholeness and take away shame, guilt, and fear and things that was associated. So, so uh, I have learned a lot from you and now being more intentional that I've been free from some area. Now, let me free people, sets people free and heal people, heals people. I was just curious about also, because somebody was asking me when you're talking to Dr. Mike, what about, there's a lot of people that they wouldn't even have $200 for therapy or to go there. And there's people, I meet soldiers, I meet people in church, but just people realize it's gonna cost me thousands and thousands of dollars, don't have insurance for this. And what would you suggest, or is there anything, any tools, any prayer, anything that you have that can help just a lot of those 70% I saw in church standing up, that a lot of those people that need a process, I, I gave them a prayer. So what would you? I would, what I would recommend is first of all, they go to my God Heals PTSD uh, website, uh, okay. GodHealsPTSD.com. And uh, if they want to send us a request for prayer, we have a team of people that will bring a healing prayer uh, to folks that will bring healing to them. Uh, we have lots of testimonies. Say of that the website one more time, because we can write it down too, but I want people to hear this. This is important. GodHealsPTSD.com. That's the website. We also have a Facebook page, God Heals PTSD. And they can go on there and on the website, they can actually uh, send a request uh, for prayer ministry. You know, here's what we found out. Although we believe in counseling life, I want to tell you that um, we have found that although counseling can be helpful, it doesn't heal. Yeah. And really the creator of our souls is the one that can bring healing to any soul that's been wounded or any broken heart. And that's what's happened to these folks. They're, they, they've been wounded, a soul wound. It's not a mental illness, it's an injury. And what's taken place is they just need a reconnection with the love of God and to let the love of the Father come and bring healing and restoration to them so that they know that they can move past the trauma and they can live in the fullness of the identity that God has always called them. That, you know, we, we say this over and over again. I'm no longer defined by my history. I'm not defined by what's happened to me. I'm not defined by what I've seen. I'm not defined by my family. I'm not defined by what I've done. I'm defined by who my papa calls me. And he calls me his beloved child in whom he's well pleased. Yeah. Right? That is beautiful. Yep. I like it. 
Wow. Uh, just tell me any fresh testimony or stories, because I, I love there's so many beautiful stories of freedom. And so do you have any? I fresh do. Story? I yes. do. Absolutely. Um, one, uh, one that's exciting to me. I'll give a military one and then I'll give like a, a, an everyday person type of testimony. So I had a, a, a man who was a Vietnam veteran who when he uh, he was a medic and when he stepped off of a helicopter uh, in Vietnam, uh, the, the bottom right leg was blown off. And uh, so he's had a prosthetic all these years. He's a believer in Christ. He loves the Lord, but he's dealt with phantom nerve pain, phantom pain that happens many times when people lose their limbs. And um, he came to one of my conferences. He asked for prayer afterwards, and he, he was carrying a lot of the, the trauma of that war, the shame of actually being a Vietnam War veteran. You know, that there's a lot of shame that goes along with that because of what was done to them when they came home. And as I prayed for him, he was on, he was in level four and five pain, even on medication with the phantom pain. And as the Lord set him free from his trauma, all of his pain left. He was able wow. within a month to go off all of his medication. <laughs> and now he walks with no phantom pain whatsoever, completely free. Beautiful. Uh, there's <laughs> another, there's a, a lady in her forties who was physically and sexually abused by her father from the time that she was a child. At age 11, she finally said no to him. And he walked into the other bedroom, took a shotgun and blew his head off. And he, she heard this horrific thing happen, found her father. So she carried not only the trauma of the physical and sexual abuse, but then carried the guilt of feeling like that she caused her father's suicide. She was watching one of my videos uh, one of the on the seminar, and the Lord completely set her free from suicidal thoughts, from chronic nerve pain, from anxiety and depression, and constant fear, uh, just a real paranoia. The Lord completely set her free, and now she's working with women in human trafficking and bringing freedom to them. So those are two just amazing testimonies of the Lord uh, of the Lord healing them. One last thing, real quick: uh, a pastor that I had known for over ten years. Uh, had had a wonderful ministry, but because he had had, he'd been brutalized, he'd been crucified by Christians, he was kicked out, he was working, but always still had a heart for ministry. Uh, he was very successful in his job, but he still had a heart for ministry, but he was actually afraid to go back into a church. So we just began to minister to him. We broke off all the curses, all the lies, the labels that were put on him. The Lord set him free. He started sleeping. Uh, he was only sleeping like two to three hours a night since that happened. Now he's sleeping over eight hours a night with no nightmares, no night terrors. And now he has uh, gone in and started uh, another church. He's planted a church. He's healthy. He's doing well. And uh, he's back to what he always loved to do, which was shepherding God's people. So those are just a couple of testimonies of what God is doing. What do you see that God is going to continue to do from here? What are some of your dreams? I know you just wrote a book and you you spend an invested time and congratulations with your doctor degree, but also I had a pretty much your thesis. Now you brought it in to make it very a little bit more seeker friendly for the rest of us to be able to read and to be able to understand. Tell me a little bit about the book. I did the endorsement. Yes. Uh, there was so much revelation in there and there were so many things that added so much value to us. Well, the name of the book is Supernatural Freedom from the Captivity of Trauma. 
Uh, and it is basically the book on the seminar. It teaches the entire seminar. Not only it gives a biblical worldview of trauma, it gives a clinical worldview of trauma. It shows what the what happens when your mind is on trauma and what happens to your whole body. And then it literally walks you through the prayer model uh, that you can literally not only walk yourself through the prayer model, but you can walk other people through it about how to set free people from their trauma. You have to understand that not only do you have a broken heart, but you also have spiritual forces of darkness, you know, spirits of trauma, spirits of fear, spirits of suicide that are lying to you and trying to make you think that somehow your trauma is what defines you. And so the book really brings you out of that captivity and out of that imprisonment to whatever's happened to you in the past, and then equips you to take the same healing you're going to receive and mm -hmm. give it away to others. So through the book and through everything that I do, I, I don't want to be known as the guy that prays for everybody with trauma. I want to equip, I want to release, I want to deploy and impart and see hundreds of thousands of people go forth and bring healing, become divine magnets mm -hmm. for people who carry trauma so that they can bring healing and freedom according to Isaiah 61, that literally set captives free. Uh, just also in, in regard to that, because I think pastors and leaders, a lot of them that are listening here, uh, this is of course a tool book for you as leaders, but I think that every single church should have a healing ministry to be able to deal with trauma, since this is something that is so yeah, it, it, it's everywhere. So every, even if you have a church of 50 people, you will probably have a large percentage of these people struggling with trauma. And I think our assignment is so clear. So I just encourage you to get that. But what, what would you give just to, it could be pastors, leaders of ministries, anything else. What would be some of the suggestions? How can they start to getting involved in this? And Because I think to some degree, people have not known what to do. And as a result, they don't even want to, to touch some of those areas that is going on. And people continue to be hurt and sitting there hurt and hurt well, people hurts people number one they have to address the subject of trauma from their pulpits preaching on talk about what it means to be brokenhearted it literally means to have a shattered soul it means your mind your will your emotions our identity are affected talk about david how david was one of the most traumatized men in the whole bible talk about paul's trauma in mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians 11, when he talks about all the bad things that happened to him as a result of the gospel. We, we know that both Paul and David were severely traumatized, yeah. and yet they still had this amazing relationship with God. The, the, the number one thing that I see happening that's sad for me, life in the church, is we're addressing every other issue except this issue mm. in the church, and yet people are sitting out there with broken hearts. They don't we tell people, read your Bible more, pray more, come to church more. But the reality is it takes a baptism of love. It takes an encounter with God. It takes people who are willing to walk you through those promises that God will bring healing to your shattered heart, but it takes people to do it. And so I would say to, to pastors and leaders, first of all, get healed of your own trauma yeah, and then begin to tell your testimony and begin to share from the pulpit you know, what I mean, literally, I'm going to say this. In Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, the afflicted, and the traumatized. And then the very next sign and wonder is this, life. It's that he's sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. So good. That's the first sign and wonder, is healing the shattered soul. Uh, just personally speaking, have you, I don't know if we talked much about your own personal trauma, but have you, what are some of the trauma in your own life and that you have had to face and overcome? 
you know, I've had, I, I had trauma. I was uh, abused at a babysitter's when I was a child uh, and it identified me. It caused things in my life that were, that became sinful habit patterns that I had to break through of. I, re I really did. Uh, we've been wounded in the church as well. We know what it is to have the people that we raised up and that were closest to us betray us, stab us in the back, try to take the church away from us, try to raise up people against us. We, we've been through all of that. Those things, uh, I'll tell you, those things were probably more devastating to me than what I endured as a child, simply because it was like when you pour your, you know this, brother, yeah. when you pour your life out for people, when you give them, when you when you let them into your inner circle and, and you love on them and you restore them and you give them everything you've got and then they turn it against you to try to get get whatever they want out of you maybe get you out of the way it's one of the most devastating things i've ever been through to be honest yeah. with you. but i'm telling you the lord brought restoration to myself and roxanne and healing and now it's such a privilege to minister to any leader particularly in the church or anybody in the church that has been wounded because free people free people heal yeah. people heal people so beautiful and uh, by the way, uh, is the book out now? Because I will, last be out, I will have it on my website at the end of April. It will be live on Amazon in June, mm -hmm. but it's being published by Destiny Image. You can actually go on Amazon right now and pre-order it if you want to. Please. Or if you want to come to my website, GodHealsPTSD.com, and you'll be able to order it at the end of April for my store. I'm so excited you're going to sign a copy and send to your dear friend, Leif Hetlin. Amen, I sure and, am. Yeah, I was actually thinking about, let me just mess a little bit with theology here, because you know my chair message, chair number one, two, three. And some of our friends, in a sense, only talk chair number one language, which is, I appreciate that when we talk about who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. And so we have a very strong identity and uh, but then on the other side, uh, like I had one of them that challenged me, and you will know who he was, and I don't have to say, but this one friend that is always in chair number one, he says, hey, Leif, you need to stop telling about chair number two. I said, well, the day that 93% of the body of Christ are not struggling in chair two, I will, I will not mention it again. But right now I have to deal with, as you're saying, the heart issue, the broken issue, the, the buttons the enemy pushes so they have a visitation in chair one. But there is some of those trigger points. So can you help me even there a little bit theologically? Because positionally speaking, what Jesus did on the cross, this is Easter. And yes, I'm co-crucified with him, co-buried and co-resurrected. But then there's a lot of people now also because of some of the theology that you, you add fear, shame and guilt to their life that sometimes just... If I just describe that I only hit home runs, and if you just see, that's part of the reason I think that one of the things when I'm sharing my own story uh, of my own brokenness, but also on the other side, the healing that Jesus has done. So I'm not staying stuck there. It is doing something for people in chair two to be willing to be ministered to. But they didn't even want to say they are in chair two because theologically speaking, they are supposed to be dead. And how can you hurt a dead person? How can you humiliate somebody's humble? So can you help me with that? Oh boy, oh boy, could I help you with that? How, how long do we have here? Here's what I'm going to thank you. Is it. After over 40 years in ministry, both being a pastor as well as being a counselor, I can tell you this, sanctification, that is becoming like Jesus, which Romans 8, 28 and 29 says, that's what our ultimate purpose is. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19, that when we behold him, we are being transformed. Not you are transformed, 
It says we are being transformed. Everything about the growth of the Christian life is about a process of transformation and growth. And I, one of the things I love about Holy Spirit is that he never gives, he never makes us deal with everything all at once. He, he, in each season of life, he shows us the things that he wants to bring transformation with. And I don't believe that's um, lessening the sovereignty of God or the power of God. It's literally dealing with the, the very makeup and, and nature of the human soul. That we, just as uh, the word metanoia is literally the word we translate repentance, but it talks about change. That is, you don't change in an instant. You have a process of change, the metamorphosis. That's not an instant change, but it is a process of change, looking more and more like Jesus every day. So the more I, I spend time in the presence of God, the more I encounter Jesus, the more I get the word in me, the more I'm with brothers and sisters like you, my brother, where I, I, my irons get sharpened by your iron, and we, we get, we become better by, by doing all those things. But it's, it's not that we aren't new creations. We are new creations in Christ. The oldest passed away. All things have become new. But we are in a process of looking more and more like Jesus every day. I look more like Jesus now than I did five years ago, yeah. ten years ago. Not because of my lack of faith, but because of the process of sanctification, of becoming more and more like Jesus that we're in. So I would just say to those that want us to stay in chair one all the time, we, we are in chair one much of the time, but we have chair two moments yeah. that we, we are working with that the Holy Spirit is leading us through. So I I <laughs> You and I are in agreement with this. We are. We are. And because part of, of course, I just, I upgraded my Healing the Orphan Spirit book. And yes. there also I've ministered at over 100,000 individuals since that first, uh, 20 years now. And, but now the book also in itself have ministered to another 20,000. And the stories and the testimony similar with you. And so much of that are connected. But with that orphan heart and with their, their spirit that torments people. And yes, they are sons and daughters. But that spirit is there. So helping now to helping people on the journey to, it's kind of, there's one thing to get you out of Egypt, but it takes a process sometimes to get Egypt out of you and the ways of Egypt when you've been there. And so, so I love it. I have stories that is just an encounter, including my life, where there was just this grace there. It was one encounter with Jesus and, and it's almost like a trick. And, and most of the time, in 90% of the cases, I've gone through processes of change. There has been a few of those two, three times in my life. I just had an encounter with Jesus and was all gone. But even now with my shoulder, I was frustrated when I had to have surgery. And then he says, I don't do second-class healings, life. I went to a surgeon who, got, who had a gifts. But because of the process I went through, I'm much healthier now than I probably wouldn't even learn a lot of the lessons if I was just healed up from. So I realized later on, I'm very grateful to God because there was these things that he taught me that was beyond my physical surgery. But in the process, there was lessons I learned about him to become more like him, but also to learning to love me the way that Papa God loves me. And that's a new journey for me. <laughs> I always want to know how much he loves me. So, so just even as an encouragement, I... We want to honor people that in a snap or in a moment, they have encounters and they are changed. But then also, they, then they often have to go through a process. So either people are, they've gone through a process and then the encounter led to just the freedom. They were birthing something they were pregnant with for nine months. But when people are hearing that story, they did not realize, no, they've already been for nine months pregnant. And when we pray for them, the water broke. Yeah. 
Yes. That, that is also part of the story. <laughs> what are you doing for fun? Because here you have, you finished your doctor degree. Even when I'm just, I was reading your nice little bio here and for people to see, I mean, now you're an author, you're a speaker, you're running a school of ministry, you travel all over. And I mean, it's incredible all the capacity of what you're doing, but what do you and Roxanne, what do you do for fun? Well, first of all, we, we just, we spend just a lot of times by ourselves, literally just, just, enjoying one another's company. We love, love, love being together. Uh, I have a, a seven-year-old granddaughter that lives with me right now with uh, her mom. And I spend a lot of time with her because I'm her papa. I'm her grandpa and I'm also kind of her papa as well. And so I spent lots of time with her. Obviously my grandkids are such a, uh, I have five grandchildren. Uh, one lives with me and four in Illinois. So there's such a source of joy. A golf is something I love to do. Ooh. We are big readers. We love to read and not just not just Christian books, but we just love to read. History is a big thing for me. I love wow. reading history. Uh, so those are the things that we really enjoy. And then I've taken up walking. I'm doing more walking these days okay. than I ever have before. And that is uh, something that I really, we both come to enjoy when we can do it. So well, what about the Camaro? Is the Camaro jealous when you do all this? Well, walking? I have to say, last thing. <laughs> I had to say that. Riding in my, uh, my Camaro SS convertible. That's yeah. that's probably one of our most favorite things to do. Yeah, we have that we have that part. same love language, both of us. So that's why I that's why I could smile when I said that to you. I had a joy seeing you in that car, sitting in that car, driving with you, and I saw there was something in my I hadn't seen before. It was just <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you have a very strong right foot. Is that I do. Glory <laughs> when it hits that. <laughs> but no tickets yet. No, no tickets. <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Is, is that called favor or wisdom or which one is it? Oh, it's both. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is so good. Now, I appreciate you. And I've had the honor of being with your students there since the, actually since the school was started. I've yeah. been a, one of those teachers that's been back every year since the school was started. And it's been wonderful to watch the maturity both of the, the students and one of my highlights during the years, and, and I said it both because of my relationship with Dr. Randy Clark, but also my relationship with you to come in and invest in the next generation. What are you seeing about that generation? Your, your deposit here is immense. When you come here, it shifts our students so powerfully that it is literally one of the top highlights of the entire year. What I see happening is a generation, not just of young ones, but as you know, our school, 18 years old, all the way to 70 years of years of age. And what I see is a whole, I call that a generation. Yeah. I see a generation that sees themselves as going forth and literally uh, bringing transformation first into the church. They, they, they want their, who they are uh, to be launched by the church, to see the church as their, their family and, and, to raise up kingdom families. But secondly, there's a deep well of faith that is taking them into the streets and into places that most of the church has been unwilling to go to. Much like you, my brother, they, they take guys like you and Robbie Dawkins and others where you go to the darkest places and that's where they're going. As a matter of fact, that's the first places they want to go into the most darkest places. And so we're seeing that hunger and that thirst for not just revival, life, but awakening. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm, I, we're, we quit using the word revival here. Yeah. We're starting to use the word awakening because mm. there's awakening happening, not just within the church, but within our entire culture right now of people that are waking up that the God 
who is a God of mercy and grace and love, is a wonderful father, and that he's pouring out his love and his spirit in an unprecedented way in all the earth, that this is the greatest day in all of human history to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and walk as a beloved son or daughter of a loving father. And that's the message that is being taken out of this place, is that that kind of message brings transformation. And then the carrying the glory and presence of God will literally light up a room, will change the atmosphere. Those are the things that we're seeking to do here at Come on. Global School of Supernatural Ministry. And you're a big part of it, my brother. Now, tell me, okay, just for the people that are watching again, I know I want them to hear, but how can they get hold of you? Perhaps even to join the school, because again, I, I'm part of that and I'm part of Randy's Apostolic Council and Board. So I'm in covenant relationship with Global Awakening and with you as a family. So anyone part of my family, uh, what would be the investment? Because there's several things that you have to offer online. Yes. You have online, you have oh. certificate programs. So just share some of those things that can add value to both leaders and people out there, or perhaps for some to move to Mechanicsburg and to be part of the community. Amen. And so the family it's, to use. So it's Global School of Supernatural Ministry. We have a website and it's gssmusa.com. gssmusa.com. We offer a nine month, uh, two year ministry school that's full time, four days a week, that can be done here in Mechanicsburg on site or you can do it online as well. And you can do it all around the world. We, you don't have to be live. You can do it with video on demand. So you, if you're in, for instance, we have students in Australia that watch class, you know, whenever they wake up and they, they mm -hmm. take the class. We also have something called Global Summer Intensive, which is a three week intensive in June that you come here to Mechanicsburg and you can get a snapshot of what we do here at, at Global School of Supernatural Ministry throughout the whole year. We don't put all nine months, but we bring some of our best teachers in for that three-week intensive. And this year, you'll be able to take it both on site as well as online. Wow. So we have all of our school is offered online. And then the last thing real quick, uh, we have a Global Awakening College of Ministry that has eight-week classes that teach in healing, uh, emotional healing, deliverance, prophecy, uh, in renewal theology uh, that's just been released. And so that's a way that you can just take eight weeks online and learn so many of the things that we teach here at Global School of Supernatural Ministry. So wow. GSMUSA.com. Uh, and I wanted to, the last thing I want to ask you is, of course, what I've experienced several times being together with you is receiving prayer. I know that there's many, many of us out there. I think the twofold prayer, one of the prayer will be for people that just need some healing and experiencing the ministry that you are bringing to, to help to set captive free. But the second will be was an impartation for a lot of us, because I do believe in, in the impartation that what you have received to give that away so that more of us can be out there and bringing Jesus, the Prince of wholeness into the world. Let's do it. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that Jesus is the one mm. that heals broken hearts. That by the power of the Spirit, you come to declare good news to the poor, the afflicted, and the traumatized. And you've said, I'm here to not only heal your shattered soul, but I'm here to reset your identity back to your, the original dream I had for you. So in Jesus' name, I speak healing and restoration to every shattered soul that has been traumatized, whether it's by church, whether it's by uh, things that have happened to them, things that have been done to them, or things that they have done. We just speak healing to the mind, to the will, the emotions in the name of Jesus. Let the, 
the Holy Spirit just come and put the pieces back together. Mm -hmm. I break the power of every traumatic image and memory that still haunts you. And I sever the neural pathway that leads to it. And I cancel the triggers of your five senses. You're seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, hearing. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill every area that trauma has occupied in Jesus' name so that they no longer allow their past history to identify them by their trauma, but instead they're identified by who Papa God calls them now. And he calls you a beloved child in whom he is well pleased. And I declare whatever grace, gifting, and anointing that I received over my life to bring healing to all types of trauma, I release to you through impartation. Let the fire of God come. Let the fire of God come, and with it a gift of faith, believing that as you bring love and grace and transformation into people's life, that they will ex experience a download of the love of God and transformation and healing and restoration of their true identity in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 And thank you so, so much, uh, Dr. Mike. And send my love to Roxanne. And for everyone that is listening out there, don't forget about the ordering your Supernatural Freedom book. And let us uh, together as a family bringing Jesus, the Prince of Wholeness, out to a hurting world. So I love everyone. And I'm so excited just to get to hear your story and your testimony about what this uh, this podcast or this uh, this this YouTube video, what it's going to do in your life. So send in your testimony. We want to hear your story. And I know that uh, Dr. Mike also would love just to hear what Jesus is doing in and through you in this season. So we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.